Pickaxe. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left. My name is Steve Curran. I'm Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. For the next hour, we're going to be talking about video games. We've got video game features, video game music and video game reviews. It's going to be exciting. We're we're back as well, which is great Welcome back, everybody. Happy New Year. Oh, no, it's the other one, isn't (laughs) it? Happy New Easter. Right. Did you have nice Easters? It was good. I got a chocolate egg. Okay, excellent. Yes, I've eaten half of it so far. Exactly half? Uh, 50%, yes. Right, exactly. Yes, exactly. Did you nibble in a very straight... No, because when you get a chocolate egg, egg, it breaks into two. So I've eaten one of those halves. Uh, Everyone knows you should eat the top half first. Doesn't matter if it breaks... Which one's the top half? You should eat the top half. Always the top half, Go from a little bit down. Uh, What was in this egg, Steve? In this Uh, single egg that you got? It was a Capri's cream egg, egg... Oh, that's weird. It's a Russian doll of eggs. No, you get those, yeah, you get those uh, little eggs inside there. Was it full of... Full of them. No, it wasn't. (sighs) Imagine that. Shame. I mean, the eggs probably weren't even in the egg, were they? Because they put them by the side in a separate packet these days, don't they? They do. You know, health and safety. Health Health and and safety. Gone mad. European Union. Probably don't let us put the eggs there. (laughs) (laughs) There are other laws that exist to stop you from putting eggs where they shouldn't go. Uh... (laughs) Anne, did you have a nice Easter? Uh, I went outside. Did you? Yeah, it was... But, oh, of course, you do that once a year, don't yeah, you? Yeah, once a year. I did my outside journey. Right. Really lovely. Happy Out there. To, happy to never do it again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. There was sun. It was right. great. Uh, and, ha- and was yours okay? Mine was, uh, mine was pretty good. Yeah, I... Um, what did I do? I went on an Easter egg trail with my son and my wife and my sister and her husband okay. and their child. Um, we didn't have Easter egg trails when I was a child. They've gamified eating chocolate. Yeah. We had to do some um, clues and stuff. Uh, that was good. Um, and then I had a friend over. Uh, I also met a new listener. Ooh. Fred Perkins is Hello, a listener. Fred. He, uh, he's, um, he sometimes listens to the show. He says to, uh, to fall asleep. <laughs> he says his favourite episode. <laughs> we, we get that a lot. Yeah, don't we? we? Don't we? So, uh, Maybe we should be a bit more rowdy. Tuck yourselves in, listeners. Just tuck yourselves in. Uh, he says his favourite uh, episode was the one with Adam Cornish on. 
<laughs> Joe Cornish. Joe Did Cornish, sorry, Joe Adam. Cornish. No, no, sorry. Oh, he said Joe Cornish. No, no, no. Joke. Sorry, that was Obviously my fault. Uh, Joe no. Cornish, uh, that was his favourite. Oh, yeah. That was good. Um, yeah, no, sorry. I spent Easter Monday with Fred. That's and nice. his family. That Are we doing that with all of our listeners? We're going around once a year. We will surprise our listeners by me appearing at their house on Easter Monday, a bit like someone else did, <laughs> just <laughs> turning up out the blue. Uh, and then, yeah, just, you know, I'll be uh, uh, obtaining some feedback about what their favourite shows were and then mixing up the celebrities that they uh, describe. Are you calling yourself Video Games Jesus? It's not for me to say, Anne, is it? But your followers <laughs> exactly. say what yeah. they want. Uh, so that was good. Um, yeah, now looking forward to the show. Uh, we've got a packed show, as usual, I understand. First yeah. one back. I think it's going to be a good one. The sun's shining. Um, they've also removed a building from Borough. Did you notice what? that? No. No, uh, if you come down from, that, from Borough oh, Station, a, a, a building that was there last time I looked, it's no longer there. Uh, but it's not just us in the studio, of course. Uh, we'd like to be joined by a very special guest this evening. Uh, it's Aaron Steed. Hello, Aaron. Hi. <laughs> Thank you ever so much for coming along. How, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. How Did are you? you? Yeah, good. Did you have a good Easter? Um, my Easter involved going to Quinn's Netrunners Beginners Tournament thing, okay. and they told me to go away because I don't know how to play. So it's not really <laughs> a Beginners Netrunner Tournament, it's more like a Beginners Netrunner Tournament. <laughs> Did, that ha- Did that actually happen? Yeah, yeah. Somebody sent Twitter, you away. Somebody on Twitter said, "Oh, hey, hey, Aaron, you like uh, this? Want to get into this Netrunner thing? You should go along to this thing because it's it's for beginners." No. It's, it's not. It's have you um, pre beginners? <laughs> yeah, pre beginners. Have you been on the radio before? Were I? Uh, I've been on. Get out! If you haven't, <laughs> this isn't for people <laughs> like you. Podcast. It's not. Not quite. It's the not same. the radio show. Is no, it? they didn't have all this setup and stuff. Right. Well, welcome. We're going to show welcome you. Welcome to our setup. <laughs> going to show you how we do it. Uh, but we're going to start the show as we always do, and that's with Anne's news. on Monday the 13th of April. I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. Zinger's Don Matrick is no longer Zinger's Don Matrick. The CEO has left the company less than two years into his role. He'll be replaced by former CEO and founder Marcus Pincus. Pincus said, Now that we are a mobile first company, it's time to renew our focus on our founding mission to connect the world through games and our vision to make play and social games a mass market activity. Formerly Microsoft's Don Matrick, Matrick says he is returning to Canada to pursue his next challenge, which makes his new title Canada's Don Matrick. Uh, you don't have a Canada... A Canadian accent, do you? No. Do you? Uh, uh, no. Apparently that's quite an easy one to do for future stories involving Dom. Okay. You say A a lot. Okay, Is that yeah. right, Simon? You've been to Canada. I've been to Canada and any, I can confirm that you tips? say A a lot right, and you okay. go around being very pleasant. Pleasant. Right, um, you don't carry guns. I think I can I can get that across you in have, my um, accent. So you have uh, a national healthcare system. Which doesn't cost money. So maybe he won't have a little cough. No. <laughs> Do we all have to go back to our previous jobs now? Is that what's happening? Because I'm in the process of moving jobs. Mm-hmm. So I've got sort of doing two at the moment. Yeah. Uh, do I have to go back to my previous one? Like, like everybody goes back to... Wait, so have you at any point said that you are very bored with what your previous job Not out did? loud. No. <laughs> Not out loud. Uh, because that is what Marcus did in 2013. He said he was bored with games. Did he? Oh, yeah, really? bored with them. Welcome back, Marcus. But now... <laughs> Now he's excited. Is he? He's, he's back at a company he loves. Right. 
uh, yeah so if you you know maybe take a couple of years out you might want to go back or maybe you'll just love your new job enough I visited Zynga recently. Did you? Went to their offices in San Francisco. Okay. It's based in a shopping mall, an old shopping mall that they've oh. converted. And it's weird. Oh, right, okay. it, feels, it feels a bit like a mall. When right. you go in there, there's that kind of huge atrium, uh, uh, central, central sort of bit. And you can look around and see everyone in there, everyone at their little cubicles okay. through, uh, you know, what used to be a, I don't know, what are, what are shops? Like, um, like, uh, name a shop. Aaron. Name a shop. Can you, uh, someone, um, Target. 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 Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cost cutter. That, there's, you know, there's, there's, shops. there's the Zynga poker people in the Poundland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess maybe that's where they got the ideas for monetizing everything from. I guess like, a, you sat a in a shop. Mall is like, a mall is like a free-to-play game. Free to enter. But if you want to do anything that's fun, you've got to purchase. Exactly. Crytek has made a deal with Amazon that would allegedly sort the developers' finances out for some time, according Kotaku. The partnership is worth somewhere between 50 and 70 million pounds. It's not known what Amazon could want with Crytek, but it could be that they want to use the CryEngine or get a new engine developed. Crytek will be missing an opportunity if they don't get the cash delivered to them by one of Amazon's drones. Well, one assumes that's because of us. Yep, thanks. What? Because what, of what, what the, we done now? the promotional activity we undertook for Crytek. Oh yeah! When we sold out, we did sing. We, we sold. Wait, so we, they, we sung out. They sponsored us for something, and now they're looking for Don't quite it. a lot of money in return. I'm yeah. not saying how much we were sponsored for. It was 250 pounds. They sponsored and now us. They're financially ruined. <laughs> so that's, that's you know an, uh, an investment. Other companies yeah, could choose to exactly. Make you know, we're not saying that. Uh, it's, we're not saying it's you know, we're not saying that we made it happen. You know, they're just like we sang about them, yeah. And then this happens. You can infer what you want from those facts. For example, we had Bithell on the radio show. Exactly. Look at him now. Look at him now. We had Marshall on the radio show. Yeah. Look, Look at, at him, him now. now. We sung about Crytek. Look at them now. What would Amazon be wanting with Crytek then, Anne? Uh, they want their brains and they want their engine. Maybe they're going cheap, seeing as Crytek were having a lot of trouble. They were, yeah. Yeah. But, so, but, why, but it seems charitable, then, in that case, for Amazon to not have a need for them. Or just buy it because it's cheap. I mean, admittedly, that's why I buy most of my stuff from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they've, maybe they've caught, the, caught the bug. Uh, what they, when they were, uh, there was talks um, a while ago uh, that Crytek was in talks with someone when they were uh, financially... Um, dubious. Uh, they were saying that it was a partnership, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was an investment. It wasn't them being bought out. They weren't being acquired by anyone, and it was definitely a partnership. So there's that. that feels like there's some kind of uh, coming together of. It uh, must be people. for the fire uh, tablets mm. and sticks and stuff, won't it? Mm. Games exclusively for those. Well, Amazon have gone big on games recently. They've done a lot of expensive hires and set up teams. Uh, inside Amazon producing content. We haven't really seen any result of that no. recently or yet. But Do you think they're building something to? big? Um, yeah, it's probably going to be a megaton. Do you know what a megaton is? No idea. It's just a big ton. Really, <laughs> really big one. Daniel Radcliffe is in talks to star in the BBC's Grand Theft Auto drama. The former Harry Potter star would play Rockstar co-founder and President Sam Hauser in a feature-length dramatisation of the beef between lawyer Jack Thompson and the GTA publisher. Thompson's role has yet to be cast and filming is due to start on the 20th of April. We bet Sam Hauser wishes he had Harry's one to disappear armus, Jack Thompson and his lawyering back in the day. Is that Harry Potter? Jack? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Strong. So it starts filming a week today. 
Yeah. So uh, did Daniel Radcliffe better hurry up his better. discussions? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, if it, if this has got leaked, it's probably because it's just uh, just about to put a pen on the dotted line. Where's uh, so what's what's the story going? to... I mean, how did it end? I can't remember. A hot coffee, wasn't it? Uh, was that a Jack Thompson sponsored well, thing? Jack Thompson was uh, struck off for, for what was it? Uh, unprofessional conduct or something? Twenty something. By Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> By Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> wow, Wingardium yeah. Leviosa, whatever it is they do. And... I'm lawyer <laughs> Right, uh, but was that for the first GTA? No, that was like that was much a hot coffee. Yeah, that was much more uh, recently that he's been struck right. off. Uh, but yeah, so it's just about that beef. And I was thinking about it over the nine years that we've been doing this radio show. I covered a lot of Jack Thompson stories because it was always something you could just talk about. <laughs> so much so, I think uh, Steve, you tried to ban me from talking about Did, him. Is that one of the ones we vetoed? Yeah, I think at some point we tried to veto it, and then he was. I think oh, my last story again. was he was uh, sort of lawyer struck off. So, so are you suggesting that maybe you could have a role in the drama? Look, I save all my documents, so I have <laughs> stories going back nine years about Jack Thompson. But that would be a nice sort of exposition. Yeah, um, uh, you know, a, a, a way of explaining what's going on just cutting to you in the studio exactly. just, like have a little date yeah. at the bottom of the screen and have you delivering exactly. a yeah. funny news story I think about da- jack thompson daniel radcliffe looked great in a red wig <laughs> <laughs> would he play us as well yeah, yeah, would, yeah, exactly. <laughs> amazing incredible news for people who do not own an xbox one who would like to own an xbox one and have 299 pounds and 99 pence in their piggy bag Microsoft wants to take all your money. This is the fourth price cut since release when the console was available for £429.99 as part of a bundle. Microsoft is saying it's a UK-only retail promotion, but we all know what that really means. It means it's a price cut. In contrast to their rival, Sony launched the PS4 at £349.99 and has kept it at that price ever since. Uh, Well done to Microsoft for changing a number. Down £30. It, you've okay. been all you've been able to pick it up for cheaper than that, though. I understand, haven't you? Uh, from where? Who? who Various are you online to? You five know. finger discount. <laughs> <laughs> dot com. What? Well, uh, follow Tottenham Lu- riots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> follow Louis P. He's but he'll he'll tell you where to get an, an Xbox One from for cheaper. The avant garde economist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I think you can pick it up, but it's it's good to see it officially recognised, I guess. Any idea how long it's going to last for? Well, I mean, they're saying it's just a uh, retail promotion, but they said that last time and it just stayed that price, so, okay. I mean, right. you've got to imagine. I saw, um, do you have a story about Game of Thrones coming up or not? No. Because um, I saw, if you're an Xbox One owner, and a, maybe a 360 owner, I think you're, you're able to watch... Game of Thrones, the first episode of Game of Thrones. Tonight. Tonight on it Whoa. without having the old sky boxes. Wow, so if you ran out really quick with £300 in your pocket, yep. you could be watching Game of Thrones See tonight. Yep. Imagine that. I mean, don't imagine it, <laughs> just do it. And finally, as if the Oculus Rift doesn't have the potential to make you vomit enough, a Ukrainian startup has designed a three-axis virtual reality chair as the world's first fully in- interactive virtual reality attraction. The MM1 is a rotating chair attached to a crane that's designed to work with the Oculus Rift and spin you around in whatever direction you'd be facing. The chair is currently still in development, but the maker, MM Company, is considering giving away free sick bags with all future purchases. What does still in development mean? I mean... I have loads of ideas still in development. For example, this. 
I think it's gone beyond uh, just being in their heads because there was a picture of it. Right, okay. So it's so, gone out of their heads. So they've got a crane. Yeah. They've put a chair on the end of it. <laughs> yeah. And they've handed you a press release. They've uh, stuck stuck someone in it okay. uh, with an Wobbled Oculus it a bit. Rift on. <laughs> Strap them in really, really tight. Maybe just with tape because they haven't designed because it's not properly designed yet. They're still developing the <laughs> safety mechanisms. But when you've got the Oculus on, you have no idea what's going exactly. on. Exactly. So it could just be they put it on. They put you sit you sit you down. They say, okay, put put on the Oculus. Okay. Do you feel that? And then it could just be them just <laughs> rocking the chair yes, and turning it's just it upside a, down. An and elaborate game of trust. Just yeah. We've got a massive crane, yeah. We I should, we should do this. Well, we should. Have um, we talked about our Oculus joke? No, I don't think we have. <laughs> we did. I mean, it's a good, it's a good joke. It's um, a really funny joke. Uh, it is. It involves uh, so uh, one life left. Chief engineer uh, James. Oh, stop talking about it. He <laughs> was. <laughs> uh, he was, as engineer should be, the first person to test this joke out. Right. This is a good joke. It's, it's a strong joke, and we encourage you to try it. But if you try it, it is our intellectual property. Exactly. So we demand ten percent of the laughs that come from here. Uh, so James, uh, we we had an Oculus dev kit in our hotel room at Nottingham. Of course we did. City. I mean, that's yeah. just what, that's how we roll. That's just part of our off. rider. Yeah. <laughs> we, we insist on it. And a chair that wobbles as well. <laughs> exactly. And a James Scott. Uh, and, um, and our friend Matt uh, from Harmonix was showing off a game that he'd made in, um, in the uh, Oculus dev kit. And... He uh, and and we said, oh, we've all tried it, James. It's really, really good. You should. He was like, can I try it? We're like, sure, <laughs> sure, James, absolutely. Put the, put it on. Put the headphones just, just on. Just put it on. Trust. Just trust everybody, because we're your friends. <laughs> we're your friends. We've we've known you for years exactly. and years, and nothing bad is going to happen. So what happened, Simon? Well, he uh, he popped the uh, the Oculus headset. He strapped it to his face. You, uh, with great uh, forethought, um, set your video camera up in front of him. And then as he enjoyed, as he experienced for the first time the joys of virtual reality, we, and you saw, you saw the grin on his face as he was like, wow, his senses were stimulated in ways which had never been, never been done before. Uh, we all snuck out of the hotel room and, <laughs> and hid from him so that he was he would slowly realise that he was alone in a virtual world. Yeah, and you hear him talking. You, he's going, This is great. This is this is and then he has a problem. He takes he takes off one of he's got what do I do? What do I do now? He takes off one Guys gu- Guys Guys <laughs> <laughs> and all this new uh, contraption is going to do is just make it easier for us to hide, isn't it? <laughs> underneath them. We'll go underneath them. This isn't the only one of these ridiculous inventions, though, Anne, is it? Do you, th- there are a few of them now. There was one being shown at Rezd. Yeah. Um, is that a chair one? No. Oh, yeah, I think that one was a chair one as well, but yeah. not. it didn't have a crane attached to it. And then there was that one where you had to wear, it was funded on Kickstarter, you had to wear special socks over your shoes. So you stood up and, like, <laughs> you were contained within, a, like, a huge yes. plastic ring. And you had to put, you had to walk up against it in wearing <laughs> socks over your shoes. And, and it would mimic the action of you moving up on the joystick for you, because this that's... Is- Definitely, definitely a practical joke. <laughs> Someone has said, just put these socks on. Now, cover your eyes. <laughs> Wait, here. <laughs> Wait here. I feel like Oculus is maybe doing like a, a sub game jam uh, with all of the uh, with the Oculus Rift, and has just put out a thing there and said, 
the more stupid you can make people look, <laughs> the better. The winner will be decided. We should we should sub game jam. It's just made me think we should do a Oculus game in water, and then just throw glasses of water. <laughs> <laughs> Got this new wa- water technology. <laughs> Kickstart it. Anyway, uh, is that it, Anne? That's it. Thanks, Anne. One life left. Video game news with Anne You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is Atari Tutti and it's Beeper X, it's called. Uh, it's from chipmusic.org, as all of our music generally is. There's a discarded cable tie on the floor in the studio. We'll talk about that later. Might be a clue. Okay. Actually, we did find a clue, didn't we? Oh, we'll yeah. deal with that in the letters section. Have to remind me. Where is it? Uh, did we leave it upstairs? Uh, yes, we did. I'm going to run up and get it. No, no, I mean, don't no, do that now. I mean, I won't do it now. Don't, no. I mean, I, I mean, you were going to do that yeah. now. You shaped to take I'm your headphones off. I'm efficient, Steve. I'm efficient. Okay, well, that wouldn't be efficient, because we're about to do the interview oh, part. Oh, it would be rude, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it would. <laughs> anyway, I've got better things to do, <laughs> such as... He isn't wearing an Oculus. We'd all just leave the room. <laughs> Aaron, how are you doing? Um, can, you, can you just pop these onto your face? <laughs> We've got a new water technology. <laughs> we <laughs> we want to show you. <laughs> oh, we're going to do that to Parco, aren't we? Here we are, <laughs> yeah. Game City. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, how are you, Aaron? I'm all right. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for coming in. Uh, so tell us a bit about you. You work at Nitrome? Yeah, I work at Nitrome Limited. They're a Flash games portal, and now we're doing lots of little mobile games and stuff. And, yeah, we've just had a string of features uh, from the Apple Store, and we're hoping that they keep doing that, because we don't know why. <laughs> string of features, that's what everyone's after, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, and they gave us the Indie Game Showcase as well, and my boss is sitting over in this other chair and going, what games do we like? And, yeah, I'm going, Alcazar, pick that one. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, God, they picked some other stuff as well, and I can't remember it off the head. They do. They did pick Retry, even though I said... I raved about retry, and then I kind of hit the the paywall of yeah. retry, mm. and then it got really annoying. You got sick of seeing the uh, the, the slow mo guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's a, not necessarily that. It's just that every time you start a level on uh, start from a checkpoint on retry, it's 
plays through the nice same bit and it's all static and then later on they introduce these levels where everything's moving around right and nothing resets mm. so what you've, you're just supposed to constantly fly around in a circle until it uh, until no. you give them money yeah <laughs> pretty much what um so if you part all how many games have you taken from flash to ios then uh, uh, there was Icebreaker. There's uh, another game, Magic Touch, which um, I think they're working on an update. Um, oh God, two? Okay. Yeah, and we've come up with uh, oh no, three, three. There was Silly Sausage. Of course. So, yeah. Don't forget Silly Sausage. <laughs> I've done over, like, 50 games for the company. Right. <laughs> so it's a, I've got to re- remember everybody else's games as well and then update everybody's games. And then everybody just goes sort of, uh, yeah, I don't like this game that you did. It's like, which one? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so Silly Sausage was recently, there's another one this week we're releasing called Cooped Up, which is you've got these redneck birds, which are being twanged up the lines. It's like a high school game. Okay. How do you how do you pick which games to take from your portal to um, mobile? Usually, there's a bit of a discussion beforehand and a bit of a chat in the office about what sort of ideas. I think with with the more recent ones, which are old games, which they which say like Magic Touch, that was something which would always work on iOS. It's a drawing game. You've got a wizard. You've got to draw shapes to pop balloons. Okay. And the silly sausage one, you've got a dog which endlessly stretches. Right, so I've seen a lot of yeah, people writing about this, this recently. Yeah, yeah, Pocket Game would love yeah. us at the moment. Right. <laughs> Please keep loving us. <laughs> <laughs> but do you do... Because King tend to um, uh, put stuff online, see how that does well, and then use the popularity of stuff to work out more about how people are playing, and then the, migrate the really popular ones to facebook and then from facebook to mobile so, so can you can you get a sense i guess from a portal sort of which games are gonna are really capturing the attention um, of the public we've got this little computer screen uh which sits in the corner of our office that spits out numbers which the games are telling us how many people are playing at the same time because a lot of the games are free and ad supported uh, i did one which is just a premium game and so forth and, yeah, we look over there and look at the numbers and we go, oh, the numbers are big on Magic Touch. <laughs> Quick! <laughs> Make more Magic Touch. Right. Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, it's the way that people are playing changing because uh, the Flash portal sort of sprung up when people got the internet and there were, there were loads of them around and lo- loads of these tiny games portals. Those portals seem to be sort of disappearing yeah uh, in terms of number of them i you know they're probably still healthy in terms of the number of people playing them but the no no okay uh, it's it's we used to have uh something like uh a million people a day at one point and now that's sharply plummeted because everybody's got phones and uh, also nobody wants to pay for games and so forth yeah, that, um, I was reading today that they, they actually reckon that so the, the TV industry is uh, is having to deal with the fact that the phone is now the primary screen as opposed to the secondary screen. Is that is that something? That, is that something that's happening with games then? Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know because I think it's just another device to play games on. It's whether it's convenient to play games on at the moment. It's whether you particularly like your phone games or you particularly like PC games. I still like massive RPGs and that sort of thing. Right. 
Yeah. Uh, and talking of which, uh, you've got a personal project, haven't you? Yes. Uh, Tell us about that. Red Rogue, which I released ages ago, and because I put it on Itch.io recently, everybody thinks it's new. <laughs> and so people are, like, reviewing it, going, hey, there's this new game called Red Rogue. It's like, yeah. Okay, yeah. So tell us about Red Rogue, then. Uh, it's a game where you control this lady who goes into a dungeon, and you pick up loot and stuff, and you punch people's heads off and then kick them along like a soccer ball. That sounds like the sort of thing you might like, Steve. Well, from the title, I'm assuming it's something to do with roguelikes. Yeah. Well, how do you how do you make a roguelike? What are the challenges in making a roguelike? Because um, it's surely it's easy. It's all just generated. The computer just, does just the generate. work for you, right? Just generate this and level equals level yeah. plus one. Yeah. yeah. Reset your <laughs> variables. Use a use an array. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you kind of hit go, and then you put it out there, and then you think, oh, yeah, it'll be all fine. All these weird sort of little edge cases, nobody will really discover them. And then someone sticks up a 45-minute video at the end of which where they get stuck in a ditch and can't get out. Right. So it's, yeah, it seems really nice on the surface, but then there's all of these little details which you have to fix. Like, um, I'm doing an update right now, and that's fixing... The fact that you can enchant a weapon with a portal and then it disappears off into another dimension and then you can go in there and get it back and it's all charged up and everything. But you can't do that twice because the computer gets confused because I didn't think of that because I only tested it once and went, yeah, it works. <laughs> and I, I, what, I mean, just ha like, has weapon been enchanted? Uh, like, right at the start, just say, like, use no, a no, zero this for is, no. This, the yeah. problem is, is that... <laughs> and the then when it has been put, that was one and then... And then you can check later. Happy, happy to no, help. No, 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 no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's a portal that stays open into this other world. Is portal so, open? <laughs> yeah. And then you go into another level, and then you change the portal, and then it gets confused because I only thought of this idea after I've started writing the portal code, and so I just went and there. Right. And then I cocked it out. Portal equal portal plus one. Yeah. If portal is greater, greater than, than or equal to, to yeah then just don't just just yeah just don't crash the game yeah, exactly yeah, crack, yeah, <laughs> exactly. just exit to yeah. desktop <laughs> good yeah. um the roguelike genre is beginning well it's increasingly popular yeah uh, why do you think that is um we, well we've got this yearly game jam uh it's called seven day roguelike and that's been constantly producing stuff that's also produced uh hoplite which everybody best should game. know best, see like that best game uh that came out of the seven day roguelike challenge wow mm. uh there's also 868 hack uh by michael brogue uh -huh. second best game yep uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i've i've participated for the past uh few years i i made a game called bump which is uh about this weird guy with a huge misshapen head who smashes his head against rocks and stuff and that <laughs> went down really well uh, are there any other roguelikes you can recommend to people uh, there's oh well obviously b rogue or brogue and also Oh, no, they're, now they're all going to go out of my head. <laughs> um, uh, Darren Gray, I should I should give a shout-out to him because he, he's recently done Firetail for the seven-day roguelike. Um, I, I can only remember the seven-day roguelikes at the moment. There's also... Um, Jeff Late has done a lot of good ones. There's uh, Sword in Hand, where you play a sword that possesses people that take hold of it and stuff. Okay. And also... Uh, Hellion was in this year's seven-day roguelike. That's where you control a spaceship moving around on the grid. 
but you're moving around on the grid as everything's coming towards you, Space Harrier style. Right. And, yeah, it's all bizarrely turn-based and stuff. A uh, few people have reviewed it. It's gone down quite well. Cool. And where can we find Red Rogue? Uh, you can find Red Rogue at redrogue.net and also at itch.io if, if my site goes down at the moment because I'm moving hosts. Excellent. Yeah. We aboard the game's gravy train where the first cast carriages are filled with fat cat journalists. Where's the train going? San Francisco. This is Game Under. I was frustrated yet again not to get invited to GDC. It would have been a real opportunity for the mainstream press to stop the hatred and extend an olive branch to the leading spokesman for true gamers. What's really going on at GDC? Do any outsiders get in? What does GDC even stand for? I've written a cutting-edge spoken word poem to answer this question. Cubongos. Games developers' corruption grows deeper constantly. Games journalists don't care. Gamers die crying. Game studios do collusion, granting dollars and cents. Growth depressed, consumers grasp desperately for quality games. Greasy developers claw greedily down, creating graphically dubious cartoonish games driven by caring. GTA doesn't count. Game under defies corruption. Game under defies collusion. Game under defies Kara Ellison. Game under does care. It took me the entire duration of GDC to write that poem. Turns out there aren't many words that start with G. At least not synonyms for objectivity and misandry. Also, a quick Google told me that GDC stands for Games Developers Conference, which makes the whole thing kind of redundant. Oh, Google, that's another G word. Until next time on Game Under. Thanks to Game Under. It was good to have him on the show. It was, wasn't it? It was nice to meet him in person. Quite intimidating, though. Frightening. Certainly changed the way I interact with the media and um, and you too. I thank you very much for your letters. We we, we only had to beg once this week. Um, Good. Good work. They've had time on their hands. Maybe we should broadcast every other week from now on. Well. Robert Wells writes, Hello team and probably SSG. Last week I had to get my video game radio kicks from elsewhere and so I listened to the BBC's recent documentary about Minecraft. Brackets Minecraft more than a game. BBC Radio 4. It's part of the BBC's new Make It Digital initiative to help get kids coding. The last time the BBC did this was when they filled schools with BBC Micros because they realised it's much easier teaching code when everyone speaks the same language. So I was expecting a documentary about the history of Minecraft, the world, the great things people have done in it, how to get started. And I was looking forward to it. I've never played Minecraft. I'd love a 30-minute primer. Instead, I got a tirade about video game addiction by someone who doesn't play Minecraft. In fact, he covered addiction, griefing, why schools teaching it is probably a bad thing, worrying that his son is addicted and why Minecraft leads to obesity and antisocial tendencies. I'd have expected that about GTA. And I'd expect Mark Camot to hate the new Michael Bay film. But Minecraft? Surely there are more interesting things to talk about in Minecraft. It's so frustrating to hear nothing but scaremongering in a strand that is meant to be about embracing the digital world. As people in the world of games, what would you like the BBC to talk about and how should they go about it? Yours, Roberts. Thank you, Weasel Spoon. Did you hear this? I didn't, no. I heard the start of it and it was garbage. It was exactly the sort of fear-mongering you would expect from 
parents who, rather than go out of their way to understand a problem, try to set up, or not a problem, understand something that their their children are into, try to set it up as a menace. Um, well, he went he went at it from the outset because yeah. somebody trawled the internet, I'm not sure if you saw this, and found a, um, a post to Mumsnet that he made late last year saying he was looking for parents whose kids were addicted to Minecraft. So he's setting the narrative mm-hmm. before he even starts. It's, yeah. not, it's, not, it's not a journey where he experiences himself. He's got a preconception. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's, it's rubbish. I, I, and I, it seems trite to say this, but I genuinely would have expected better from the BBC. I think this was on Radio 4, right, right. as well, which you, you, know, you would expect would be held to a higher standard. But oftentimes this is the case when, particularly our medium, which we like to think of as, as younger... Uh, is subject to programmes commissioned by people who literally don't understand it. And the the problem is is that once you have an area of expertise that you are involved with or you know about, when you see how shoddily games get treated, do you wonder if they treat the rest of things like that? Mm. I mean... um, The, the Radio 5 went up to the launch of the National Video Game Arcade in Nottingham, um, and they did a, a programme from there. I didn't hear the programme, but when they were trailing it during that week, they have to take... Whenever they deal with video games, they sort of have to explain them. So they go, all Pac-Man jingle, Tetris music, mm. video games are, are, these, are this country's biggest export, or something along those lines. You're like, well, every time you talk about football, you don't mention it's a game between two teams played with a ball, do you? You don't go right back to the start to explain what it... And I, I think we're beyond that uh, you are right it's, it's being com- they're being commissioned by people who are not part of it so hopefully naturally they will all die <laughs> but and then eventually we can look back at our work us here and yeah. see and we won um yeah I, people yeah. find old episodes of one life left on wax cylinders <laughs> so, yeah. back. we never realized how important exactly. this was at the time exactly you'll miss us when we're gone yeah uh, right. As, did we actually answer Robert's question? Or did well, we just... I think we've explained how we would like, to, how they should go about yeah, it. Okay. Uh, it was without starting right at the beginning again, mm. every time you mention them. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, also they shouldn't let that man do it. Um, <laughs> I understand. Okay, Lawrence Weir, high team and super special guest. Considering that last year's shortlist for Game of the Year was a bit lacklustre, with games like Shadows of Mordor and Dragon Age seeming to be only minor improvements on other games in their genres, are you worried that we have effectively peaked in terms of what we can expect to get in gaming experiences? How often do games come out that really push the boundaries of what we've had so far? Are there any games coming out this year that the team are expecting great things from? When is the Citizen Kane yes. of video games yes. actually going to be made? Have fun, guys. Lawrence. Well, Lawrence, it sounds like you haven't heard about One Life Less Invention, Oculus Rift, water <laughs> technology, which is going to change the game and indeed games forever i don't think it's no bad thing that um i mean actually i think i think saying that shadow of mordor is just an iteration on other stuff i think is unfair to mm. it um what shadow of mordor did is it, it it took a world in which we all know and most of us love um batman and arkham asylum what <laughs> is that the world we they took and we all know <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe um but they but they added into it a system that we'd not seen before the nemesis combat system um, was uh revolutionary so um yeah i don't think we need to was it revolutionary what revolution did it cause well it's <laughs> it's uh in a sandbox game it created a history which 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 you don't have which you've not had in a in a in an ai driven I think that's super world. interesting, right. but I also understand that what Lawrence is driving at, right? That that is the AI sort of, uh, you know, uh, what, what do they call it? Gen- uh, 
that system that you just called the it. Nemesis didn't system. They have, didn't, oh, right. Nemesis system, sorry. They have that system, and that's great, but I still feel that's kind of window dressing on top of a game mechanic, third-person combat, which has been perfected very, <laughs> very perfectly in the Arkham Asylum and stuff. It is that sort of game. Right. And I can understand Lawrence, you know, feeling, okay, yeah, I've kind of played that. I've killed loads of baddies before. And sure, this is giving me greater motivation to kill them. But it's still, you know, X, circle, X, triangle, or whatever the combos are. What, handstand? Why <laughs> would you be doing that? I don't know. I, I, I mean... Yeah, I get it. But that said, there there are games that come out every year which surprise and delight me. And they're not necessarily the ones you'd expect. Well, I think that the thing that he's talking about here is uh, things that were in Game of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, and are some of the most exciting things happening in smaller games that maybe wouldn't get recognised in those things that maybe aren't uh, like complete uh, as experiences that are big enough to be put forward for uh, awards or things but they're doing interesting things and yeah it's it's rare you get a game like flower which is fated enough and backed to the hilt by people like sony that can push at the sort of boundaries of what video games should be or are and also you know everyone's heard of most of the smaller things that are doing most of the interesting things in my opinion are smaller games and rarely get nominated for game of the year that said New Jonathan Blow release this year, Simon. Yes, can't wait. So, Aaron, what's your what's your uh, what's your view on this? The new Jonathan Blow one. No, well, uh, <laughs> just sort of uh, how how uh, how games are going. Sort of how we're able to. Like, is, is there anything new and exciting? Should we expect it, or, or is this it? Um, I I don't know. They're they're, they're probably going to get more processing power with AI and stuff, and we're going to get ever more realistic things and so forth. I. It's a hard question. Do you think they're going to surprise us? Isn't that the point? <laughs> so yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and have you got a letter? Oh, I do. This is from Rob Beer, dear OLL team and SSG. Uh... Before you read any of the following, please bear in mind that my allegiances lie with One Life Left and the superior radio format of okay. your your okay. work. I don't. I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't I mean, mean to be insulting, but. I mean, with yeah, the greatest that's, respect. That's the thing. You know, I was worried about Robert Wells's letter when it started like that as well, because right. it started with, you know, because you were off, I had to listen to right. other radio. Okay, well, let's see how we get on. Okay. Yeah. Following a personal gaming renaissance started by my discovery of One Life Left, I recently replayed through the fantastic Bioshock series, 7 out of 10. I then started listening to Ken Levine interviews, one of which was a as part of the podcast series Tone Control, hosted by Gone Holmes, Steve Gaynor. That led me to a podcast he used to feature in regularly called Idle Thumbs. I started listening to my third episode of this, episode 201, for them, uh, and who was the super special guest? It says in brackets, pause for effect. Okay. Is that, I mean, is that enough? Yeah, did you okay. give any indication? I think that's more than a pause. I think that's a wait. Oh, okay. <laughs> you might have okay. to do that bit again. Um, and who was the super special guest? Pause. One Life Left's Kara Ellis. He then did send a follow-up email, email <laughs> saying that it, he knows that it's Kara Ellison. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, in my mind, that raises one clear question. Who is the Kevin Bacon of the gaming world? Uh, and that's from Robert Beer. Interesting. So who's the most connected person who everyone seems to know? Everyone knows. Do you know what? I, I was watching the uh, the Eurogamer video show, mm-hmm. TV show that they put out on a Friday evening these days. It's very good. Um, and uh, on it, so earlier in the week, um, Simon 
Parkinson Parkin had written a piece about drug use in video games, a subject about which he knows mm. um, well, 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 we don't whatever know. it was. We don't know. Whatever it we, was. W- we won't speculate. No, exactly. We won't speculate. It's not but, fair. you know, if you're going to get somebody to write about drugs in video games then you pick the right man <laughs> you should do absolutely certainly have and so um you know uh, he wrote this piece and it was published on Eurogamer they then get him on um they then interview him about it on the Eurogamer TV <laughs> show and he's on a massive screen opposite them right. from live from his house really yeah but Which he is- only lives down the road <laughs> could you see anything in his house? you could see a lot in his house what could actually? you see yeah what was he wearing well you couldn't see his trousers interestingly because i couldn't tell you what never can could, you see no. his, uh, could you see his shoes you couldn't see his shoes <laughs> but behind him there was there was some just some people shuffling around chasing the dragon or whatever it is <laughs> i mean <laughs> i don't know didn't we have um didn't we have a new name for parko parkinson parkinson, parkinson that's what we're doing yeah. from this point yeah so do our listeners know that i think we said it last we talked we talked yeah. about it last time I, I, I did just do it then yeah i'm just I, I think i got it wrong earlier okay. but i just want to make it clear we haven't dropped that joke no so it is parkinson, parkinson. so we're saying on. that parkinson is uh, video games kevin bacon is that what you're trying to say I mean, you know, you can join. I mean, I, I would. Uh, who, who else then? Who's most who connected? knows everyone? Well, there's uh, Rami knows everyone. That's true. I think Rami is. Okay, your Rami number. Yeah. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe Rich the Marshon is another good mm. one. He's he knows everybody. Anyone in Britain? We don't really know everyone, do we? We can't. Aaron, who keep do you on... know? Can you list I don't the people know. You know? I can't. I can't think of anybody else outside of Rami, to be honest. Apart from if, if we start can't. measuring things in Twitter followers, then it's definitely going to be Mike Bissell that wins it. But most connected, yeah. Right. But maybe as, it's us. As for working with them, um, it might be one of the Cambridge boys because they've done game jams with absolutely everybody. Right. And I've seen Terry Kavanagh at a hell of a lot of them. Interesting. So oh, I was. Might uh, have I was with out. People. Uh, drinking with Terry Kavanagh on uh, Saturday evening. All right. I mean, you were there as well. Well, yes, but all right. All but right. I'm just saying, we know a lot of people. Right. Maybe Could it's us. Could be us. Your One Life Left number. Hmm. Uh, if you've got any thoughts, please do email us. Team at onelifeleft.com. Aaron, you've got a letter. Oh, God. <laughs> Hi, team and SSG. The sudden reappearance of odds on Odie, I'm a long way behind on the catch-up, has reminded me of the great old feature, Simon's Byron's as seen on TV. Simon Barron's as seen on TV. That was Simon Parkinson. whatever it was called. wasn't it? That was his voice. Yeah, Simon Parkinson's. Yeah, Yeah, that was his voice. Please bring this back as I enjoyed Simon spitting bile on unexpected topics each week. Keep up the good work, James. Well, we bumped him up to doing it all, exactly, every, all the time. All show, all the time. every show. Yeah. We really like what you're doing now, Simon, but can you go back to that bit where you weren't on the show? When you were just doing it, but less. Exactly, yeah. Maybe give you a theme tune. Great, thank you very much for that. Uh, yeah, thanks for writing in. Uh, we don't have any prizes this week. Uh, we do owe Robert Wells one, do we? We do, do we? Yeah. we do. Okay, Robert, we'll, uh, we'll... Someone here will sort that out. Anne will sort that out. One Life Letters... Hello, I'm Sega Badawi, and welcome to One Life Left Local News. The controversial television presenter and professional idiot, Wario, has finally been sacked as the host of the show Top Karting. Apparently, the team were filming in a slippy slidey ice world, doing an incredibly funny scripted skit that they were going to pretend was off the cuff. Once filming had finished for the day, Wario was expecting to get some lovely fresh hot garlic to eat, but the cameraman, Lakitu, had failed to do this, so Wario hit him with a green shell. This led King Bowser 
the chief of the broadcasting station, with little choice but to decline the option to extend Wario's contract. It is unsure what will happen to his sidekicks, Totoko Hamutaro and Captain Slow Falcon. Thanks, and back to your usual programming. listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is Hurry Game Boy, Hurry Game Boy and Astronauts from chipmusic.org. Um, Anne, you've Hello. been you've been post lady. Where, where did you disappear to? Went upstairs because we'd left our tube. Ow! We'd left our tube upstairs. Right, you should... Uh, who's going to open this? And then Anne, and me, I guess yeah. as soon as you got it. Can you uh, describe this, please? Uh, it is a cylindrical tube. That is cylindrical in shape. It's about, I don't know, how long is that? Foot? Uh, well, Foot and a half? I mean, I, I've got no concept of size. I genuinely don't have a concept of size. Uh, let's say it's about a foot and a half. About a foot and a half. Foot and a half long, uh, and it's addressed to One Life Left. So I'm going to open it's it. It's been there for ages. Is there a postmark on it? Because we're not very good at checking the post. And honestly, listeners, this is your fault. Because if you sent us more things... It's been there since the day before... It's been there since the 13th of February. The day before my birthday. The day before Valentine's Day. My birthday. So, if we got more things in the post, we would check the post more often. And things like this wouldn't happen. Also, I'm hoping that it means if there's anything like anthrax in there, it would have died. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! Okay, what have we got here? What's fallen out? A business card has fallen oh, out. I love those. Oh, I love, I love those. Do you collect them, Simon? Yeah, I do. From Red Magnet Studios. Okay. Uh, and it looks like a poster. Well, I... read out. Let's read out their phone number. <laughs> That's what business card's for. This is from um, Martin. Oh, there's another one. There's a little one. It's a poster with App Store links. Poster <laughs> with App Store. And a, and a, a poster and a flyer, guys. Okay, what's the from f- magnet Studios dot com. 
seems uh, seems like what we've got here is some very pretty spam for uh, Bob's space adventure. Oh, we, right, okay. And for, uh, it worked. It, yeah, but it's no, worked. It's currently it's, working. Download it on the App Store. Oh, yeah. Do you, you this is what happens if people send us posts. It doesn't matter if it's spam. It makes us feel special. It's available on Google Play as well. Hello. Look, at, they've, they've bothered to write Dear Resonance 104.4 FM oh. on there. There's three business cards in there. Look, one each. Cards. I mean, that's thoughtful. Sorry, yeah. Aaron. Sorry, three. Aaron. So that right. shows they've listened. Exactly. Although they, they have just three telescope. They didn't address this to One Life Left. <laughs> They've addressed it to Resonance. Oh, is, is it for us then? Well, I don't know. Does it say to us? It says One Life Left on the... Th- yeah, but have Resonance written that? or? Oh, have... Yeah, they have, I think. Huh. Huh. Interesting. So we've, fall- we've fallen from spam that wasn't even directed at us. But thanks, guys. Thanks. I mean, if you do listen, Martin, Mike and Melvin, uh, Reg Magnet Studios staff... Uh, thanks for telling us about Bob's Space Adventure. Maybe we should check it out next week. Review it. In the reviews. Yeah. Let's also, do it. if you want this poster, just um, pick it up. Pick it up from outside just in the... <laughs> <laughs> reviews. Uh, and what have you been playing this week? Oh, well, I can see that there is a cable tie over here. Let me scan it. There are fingerprints on it. Loads, because it's in the radio studio. I can see a body over here. It has no injuries on it. Because it's Simon, he's still... Hello. You're still doing fine. <laughs> what size shoes have you got? Uh, eight. Scanning. Eight. eight. Oh, interesting, because I saw some footprints both outside. Of them are, both of them are eight. That were also a size eight, which means you probably walked into here, I am the you? only person in the country with size eight feet. Yes, you are. Right. What have I done? Uh, maybe murder. We don't know yet. <laughs> Uh, I've been playing The Trace. It is an iOS detective game where you are investigating murders. Um, It's pretty good. Uh, I'm really enjoying it at the minute. Uh, It does say, uh, I'm going to start with the thing that annoyed me about it. It says, best enjoyed with headphones. Now, if you're going to tell me it's best enjoyed with headphones, it had better be because sometimes I like doing other things with my ears. So I put my headphones on and then you start getting a call coming in well this must be why the headphones are are useful no they didn't voice the calls I think if you're going to do something where you're making people have headphones on you're going to have calls that are coming in voice them Mm. Um, but other than that I think it's really like it's really fun you sort of like walk around uh, so each uh, chapter is like in a different location then you walk around the location you're trying to find leads things that you should be investigating you're trying to find evidence and then you can drag the evidence into the lead and then if um the evidence matches up it will tell you what happened because you've solved that bit of the case and then you have this lady uh, who you're calling who's going to help you out with stuff and she tells you stuff and stuff uh, I would say as far as detective iOS games go it's a good one it's from um, Relentless isn't it who did yeah. the Blue Toad murder file so it's a change in uh, presentation that. well, see, that's a sort of comical oh, okay. murder mystery this one is quite not funny no Simon it's about re- murder <laughs> real murder right it's about murder okay uh, so yeah not funny at all um, but yeah, uh, I'm yeah I'm enjoying it. I think it's good. Everyone's loving it. Everyone's into it. I give it seven out of ten. Good news. What have you been playing, Simon? I've been playing Majora's Mask on 3DS. Yeah. Um, now I did wonder whether I've been whether I've talked about this already, but then thought that would be fine given that we're talking about Majora's Mask, a game <laughs> that resets time uh, <laughs> uh, every three every in-game three days, okay. three in-game days. Uh, yeah, I've been playing it on the new 3DS, which is brilliant. Um, 
And I've got further than I did than when I had it uh, on the GameCube. No, uh, N64. Um, it's... Uh, it's a spin-off of Zelda Ocarina of Time. It was originally just going to be an expansion, but they made it into a full game, but they only had a year to do it. So they've changed uh, the way that it operates. And unlike uh, a start of the game, where you start at the beginning and end at the end, where you kill, kill Ganondorf, this one is a, you um, find yourself in Clock Town at the start of day one. It goes through three game cycles and then resets. And everything you've gained up until that point, everything you've affected up until that point, resets. There are shortcuts open up and things uh, you own become more permanent. And yeah, I've got further than I did with the GameCube. I didn't get on with it. I'm sorry, N64. I made that mistake one more time. Um, I didn't get on with it the N64 for some reason. I found I just like it's quite it's a lot darker and I I, I didn't appreciate that at the time. But it's really good, really really good. I'm, I'm enjoying it uh, an enormous amount. So much so that I had a real first world problem this morning. That I got a perfect spot on the train on the way into work, one that didn't have the glare of the sun behind me, which is a problem. And I was really excited. Got my headphones out of my pocket, opened up my bag, forgot my 3DS, and I was really oh, sad. No, I know. I almost tweeted about it. I was born that be. Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, if you've not played it, uh, do pick it up. If you have, uh, pick it up again and pl- get further. So I've been playing um, Last Voyage on iOS, uh, which is a dreamy abstract space adventure split into five parts. Uh, it is exactly the sort of thing that I should like. Slightly weird, slightly indie. Claims online that it pushes the boundaries of what a game should be. I hated it. Thought it was dreadful, dreadful. Do you think game. it's pushing the boundaries the wrong way? Um, I think it's trying really, really hard. Mm. I'm not sure it's trying really, really hard. I think it is representing, presenting itself as something that's trying hard to do that. And I, in that way that you know when something should be something you love and that makes you hate it more. It wasn't a dreadful experience for some of the levels. Some of them are very, very frustrating and poorly designed. Some of them are so simple as to barely be, uh, well, certainly not a challenge and, and, and really not very interesting. It throws away ideas very, very quickly. It lasts about 45 minutes. But because some of it was almost pretty and almost something I loved, uh, in fact, one of the levels, level four, uh, which isn't really aesthetically in keeping with the other ones, I, I really did quite enjoy. I ended up hating it even more. Um, so yeah, seven out of ten. I, I've also been playing Touchtone, which is the NSA-themed yeah. game um, which places a script about phone hacking around a classic game dynamic of deflecting lasers. I find those two things really don't mesh. I, I don't buy the link between them at all, but I really, really, really do like that sort of game. I'm stuck very, very close to the end at the moment. I've been stuck for several days, but I'm still enjoying it. It's also beautifully presented, 7 out of 10. It really annoyed me. Really, really? annoyed me. Everybody's banging on about it, and you just get a laser game. with yeah. and like yeah. very sim- I, I was hoping it was going to be more like Papers, Please. Um, no. It's, it's, no, it's, I, I found the script quite interesting, uh, just in the way it's presented in pieces of media and, and, and you know the conversations between the characters. I thought that was that was quite good, and I did quite like the story. Uh, but I'm basically a sucker for those sort of games anyway. So, um, so yeah, I can understand why you might not get on with it. Yeah, yeah, so I'd, I'd have to give it a 7 out of 10. Aaron, what have you been playing? Uh, Pillars of Eternity, or Pillar No Filler. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... It's as good as Baldur's Gate 2, as in they've solved all the problems with the Infinity Engine and then created a whole load of new ones. So you go off and do your adventure, and this time, instead of solving everything on one particular map, you now have to backtrack to to and fro from all these different maps. And if you've got a really old computer like mine, you see lots of loading screens 
and all sorts of things like that. There's also other little niggly things like the bugs they keep introducing with other patches and stuff. Do they? They patch bugs in? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is a new feature. Um, I had trouble clicking on doors. My thief can't pick locks at the moment. Uh, I think they've just patched those. And the latest bit of news is that they're now hiring, beta, getting people to beta test their patches. Ah, uh, clever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say, however, though, 8 out of 10. Because it's, it's still really Oi. good, even uh, though it's really Oi. broken. Who do you think you are? <laughs> nice try. <laughs> nice nice try. try. Give it 7 out of 10. Really? Yep. Okay, seven out of ten. Thank thanks. you. Oh, thanks. Really interesting. Thanks. Good yeah, score. Good, good score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're almost at the end of the show. We've got a couple of things to address, haven't we? Uh, it's Thursday, this Thursday. Yes. Very, very exciting. And it's a very, very special one as well, isn't it, Simon? It is very special. Very special. For, for what reason? I won't be there. So, <laughs> sing, yes, yeah, so sing what you like. Yeah, if sing you want to sing like. all of Simon's <laughs> songs, you can do it. Uh, yeah, we've got some new songs, some brilliant new songs, uh, including an update to an old classic. So that's Thursday at Loading Bar. Uh, this is. Thursday, check it's out gonna, the Facebook. I think it's going to be quite well attended. Should be about good. 60 people on the Facebook group Excellent. say they're going, and, and yeah, we would love to see you there as well. Now, we mentioned the uh, Marioki down in Brighton for the Develop Conference. Uh, there's been a slight issue with that. We won't go into details, <laughs> but it turns out we don't know how to organise stuff when uh, it's not being done for us. So... Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, hold your horses. We do intend to There's do it. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Plenty it's going to be time. okay. Uh, Don't but worry. Th- those, w- when we sort of ambitiously said that tickets would be on sale I two mean, weeks ago, the Eventbrite page. Right. So that yeah. bit's done. But it's a good job we didn't put them out. There. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so actually, our incompetence on two levels cancelled it. So it's exactly. about, and everyone's fine. Good, Aaron. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Good luck with everything. We, uh, where can we keep up with you on Twitter? St thirty three D. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll see you there. We will. Um, got a normal show next week, haven't we? Normal We're show. Two, two shows in a, in a row Probably for the first time in a long time. Back yeah. to back. So we will see you then. But until then... Bye. See you. Bye. Bye. Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile Coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online, at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast. So you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.